Welcome to the Best of Seven. I'm Kyle Coster. I'm here with Stephen Douglas. We are embarking on our first ever succession power rankings. We're recording this minutes after the season three premiere. And I got to say, just before we jump into these and we'll explain how you get to a ranking when it comes to a fictional television show, I just thought I'd start at the top here, Stephen, and say, I thought this was a fantastic episode and one of the funniest I can, I can never remember. The one-liners were so fast and furious and there was huge plot line development. Yeah, this was a very enjoyable hour. Uh, first time I've ever watched it night of uh, after binging it since season two ended. And it was just all the best of succession on display tonight. Everybody seemed very important, making big moves and just saying inappropriate things and being hilarious. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I knew I missed it, but I didn't know how much I missed it when I was realizing just how good the plot is. There were moments where I was like, you know, this is a lot like Veep in the speed of the jokes, but then they're also weaving in like this rich character drama that we really care for. Again, why we're doing this podcast, power ranking these succession characters. So at the top, we should define how we're going to be making our list every single week. And essentially this combines real world power, um, the status in the show, after all the moves are made after that Sunday night mixed with how much we kind of enjoyed the performance. That's kind of how I was approaching these. Is this the same? Is that kind of your same mind mindset? Yeah. Uh, try and think about it. Like, you know, who's, who's in charge right now and you know, who looks the weakest, but also there are people that have like no power or have you know, aren't going to end up as like CEO and they're still just hilarious or interesting or very important to the plot. And, you know, they, they deserve to be recognized for that. All right. Now we might as well jump right in. Number seven, who we have, Steven? Uh, number seven, I have Kendall. Uh, he's obviously, you would, you would think he would be higher. He's pretty much vying for the for the whole thing right now, but he's just so self-destructive and uh, his patheticness just shines through so easily. It's just such a great character and everything he does is self-sabotaging, but he's also like in total control and nobody, nobody can Anybody that lays down in a bathtub in a full suit uh, is not in a powerful position, I don't think. No, definitely. And I think the brilliance of Kendall is that I kind of was rooting for him in this episode. 15 minutes in, I was like, you know what? I want him to stick it to Logan. Like, I think he's doing the quote unquote right thing. And you kind of, I thought at the beginning, (laughs) his phone call to Frank, which I thought was the most compelling of his calls that came at the beginning, he kind of had his stuff together after he snapped. So he's laying in the bathtub. He snaps out of it. He says action stations. Now Logan used the same phrase later in the episode. I noticed that's clearly something that he has adopted from his dad. So it kind of seems like he was able to 
pull it together for this really short burst. But again, about the end of the episode, you saw it had devolved into a total mess. And he's obviously out of control. That meeting with the social monitors or whatever the terminology was at that point, he was so far out of his depth. He could not stop talking long enough to let them actually give the pitch after asking for a pitch. It's clearly that his mind is not in the right place now. Yeah. And the big thing with uh, Kendall, like you were talking about rooting for him. That's like the main thing about succession is uh, that all these people are horrible. They're bad people. And like you're rooting for somebody and then they do something that reminds you, Oh, he, that's actually a very bad person. Like he's in the car and he's like talking about OJ. And he's like, what makes you think I didn't kill kill somebody? Uh, well, you did. Cause you're a bad person and it kind of snaps you out of her, out of her second. And it's, it's what makes this, this show so great that you're both rooting for and rooting against pretty much everyone. I think at all times. That is certainly the first time that he's ever used it as yeah. a punchline. Like I thought he was going to be broken. He, previously he's been so broken up about it to the shell of like him to the core. We were at the end of last season. Like it was a shock that he actually kind of mustered up the gumption to act against his dad because he was so defeated, but then there was kind of like a smirk after it. It was like, we're dealing with a totally different individual. And if he's going to put away all the, internal work that he's done in the interest of just trying to like accrue power like he always wanted to in the first place but at the expense of literally ripping his family apart and his dad who's the closest to him through the what we saw happened with the caterer and their bond after that like it's just going to leave him in an even worse headspace i wanted to ask you do you what's your confidence level give me a confidence meter uh one out of ten that Kendall can compete against his dad because there's a lot of reasons not to like his game plan and to not like the personnel, but they are throwing some hints in that he's going to actually be pretty good at this. Yeah. I, I mean, he's studied his father for so long, you know, he, he obviously knows all the plays. He knows everything that you're supposed to do. It's just, you know, can he keep himself under control? He kind of is acting high even though he's not. So maybe this is a different kind of pie for him. I think he, he can't compete because he has to compete for the show to be good. Um, but there's going to be a lot of, you know, just destroying himself along the way. Yeah, he's kind of the ultimate team you want to keep your eye on, like the Clippers of. He will <laughs> blow a 3-1 series multiple mm. times. There's a bit of Doc Rivers. Oh, yeah. Number six. We're going with Tom, Tom Wamsgams. I was surprised that he got invited along on the trip to go lick their wounds and to figure out how to respond to Kendall. And I wanted to ask you, do you think that was, is that because he's kind of like involved in the Cruz's situation that he's kind of deep in it anyways? Logan has more leverage against him because he is coming from a wounded place. I was curious of what you thought about his inclusion. Yeah, he, they definitely wrote, or Logan is definitely keeping around because, you know, he's kind of a liability, but he's also definitely part of the inner circle. He's Tom's important. He's part of the inner circle. Um, he, he, he knows stuff. So Logan has, but he doesn't really trust him. He's part of the family, but he's not really. You know, he has to keep him close. Um, 
don't know. You know, and it's just watching Tom react to everything is a, a joy. So, I mean, we you have to include him in the rankings just so you can talk about how great he is. He is, and he's so expressive. And the character he plays is this Midwestern type that, like, really kind of hits home to me in the way that he's a bit sensitive. You know what I mean? Like where you can see, like he kind of wears those emotions, especially when he's disappointed, like they flash, but then they get repressed, but you can kind of see like the wet eyes a lot. Like, I feel like there's a little bit of that that I really connect with. And you just like, you hurt for him. Um, but you know, you only hurt for him because he's kind of like hapless at it. Like he does not come from a place, uh, he does not come from a pure place. Like his involvement in the family is pretty clear. He's just as interested in power as everybody else. He'll just do it the nice way. He seems, I don't know. I thought, did you think that it was big that Logan brought up the possibility that it could be Tom to him? Because I don't, I didn't really understand if he was just trying to see what Tom would say uh, about that prospect or if that was even a small remote possibility because it doesn't feel like he's that much further down from Jerry, at least in like connectivity to Logan. Yeah. As far as the company goes, I mean, he's right up there. Um, he's always been like, I think it was since like season one where him and Shiver were talking. It's like, it could be you. Well, it could be you. So, I mean, he's, he's right there, but I just, I think Logan still wants to keep it in the family. Yeah, he didn't have a lot to do in this episode, but, you know, it's just, you have to include, like, the main characters. Otherwise, you are talking about Willis' play. Right. I got it. I I thought it was, you know, there were a couple emotional moments for Tom where he kind of was, like, cold to Shiv, like, when they were going their parting ways on the tarmac, and he kind of like asserted dominance in a way where he didn't say, I love you back to her. And it was kind of this weird thing where it seemed like, oh, he's kind of like getting the upper hand. But then furiously on the plane, when news got out that he discovered that he discovered that Logan was going to be naming someone right in that moment, he rushed in there and the passion between those two was so strong and so different. And that energy was like, way more powerful than before it was kind of like this moment where it's just like boy they really are done pretending that there's any type of like fondness for each other and that it's not just a business transaction yes i they're they're very good together um you can they're both kind of playing the game but they they have general they have real affection for each other it seems you know so yeah, and he he rushed to see what she wanted to do. You know, it wasn't like I can do this for you. It's like what he was strategizing, really. Yeah, Tom is never going to drastically stab Shiv in the back. Shiv has already stabbed him multiple times. Now, be very interesting if Tom is ever in the position to do that, and it kind of feels like the chess pieces are moving ever so slightly this season that he could be in that role later on, which would be a fantastic turn. in, in my opinion, who do we have at number five? Uh, number five, we have Greg who is, uh, you know, monitoring the internet. He's checking the memes 
And as I don't know if he's got some tweets out there. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. <laughs> and I don't know if there's any job that's really more important. Also, he had to uh, cut up his mom's uh, credit card because she's buying too many magic bullets. He was on fire. <laughs> I think he had about 12 big laughs in the first 15 minutes. Uh, it's always cool that, you know, we know that he's funny. <laughs> we know that he's going to be like screen time per minute, per minute, putting up the biggest numbers. But it's awesome when you start to try to figure out what he's strategizing and what he's going to do. Like, is he going to go with Logan? Like, what's his role going to be with Logan? And I loved the evolution of Logan, Greg, and that other PR person. I I forget her name right now, but kind of low level. And you got to see, like, how, like, (laughs) how slapped together the whole operation was, you know what I mean? And both people in the back are trying to justify their jobs or pretend they know what <laughs> Kendall's talking about it all. And then he starts like making some calls and they're just like, they, they can clearly see that he's not going to handle it well. And it's like this moment, it was kind of like if the graduate had ended and they've all been like in that limo and it'd be like, everybody's trying to like realizing that, not the, not the same realization that like, now what, but more like, oh, we've all made a tremendous mistake or people, you know what I mean? Like who's, you know, the audience knows that they're cruising for a bruise and to at the end, you know, kind of bringing in a more sophisticated team whose very job was like selling him to the public, I thought was cool that like had no time to be a human being with Greg and Greg still has that streak where he cares about people. He's a, he's a halfway decent person. And he's maybe kind of like the audience avatar at this point. Yeah. Greg's just, he's, he's so new to this world still. Like he wasn't brought up in it. He was just like kind of adjacent and, you know, he's obviously very sharp. He's done a great job of playing this game. Cause you know, if you, if you weren't, if you were on the ball like Greg was, then, I mean, you'd be cast aside by now, but he is just, you know, he's, he's keeping his head to the, he's, he's being funny and he's paying attention and he's always got something working for him in the background. And it's just a joy to watch the man work. So Greg kind of starts out, you know, like as, as employee one or employee two, Of, right of, of this company right exactly but he quickly gets phased out uh to the end where it's like he can't even get a meeting uh with kendall and you know his job is to kind of like stumble in and mess with the decor and break like a uh, a wine opener and just a moment that was so painful to watch was secondhand embarrassment because like spirals out of control and if the guy who's supposed to keep the train on the tracks is greg uh we (laughs) love the guy but he is just not capable of doing it so i hope he's not tasked with uh with that because things would get out of hand quickly any other greg thoughts just love just love greg you know more greg no no such thing as too much greg there really isn't uh i i say it put it on my tombstone uh you can never have too much greg Number four on our list is Shiv. And for me, 
I think this is kind of uh, a precipitous fall. I would have had her a lot uh, closer to the top before this episode. I thought there were serious concerning signs out of her. Uh, she was she was leaking fuel down the stretch. Uh, made a cup a big error with Lisa, the lawyer was frankly scared. I mean, she went in there basically saying, what do I need to do? Uh, How can I protect myself at this point where she's like, you know, there is a chance that all this, all the conniving I've done, all the maneuvering I've done and largely been the most skilled at it of any of the kids, in my opinion, and probably yours too. Yeah. There's a chance this could really succeed. And I will be the new, I will be the new person in charge at Waystar or Door number two, I am in some real, real trouble here, possibly legally, certainly personally, and we'll be having to get used to a new normal. So I thought that there was, there was a, it was, if I were to categorize this episode for Shiv, I would just say she had some very wide eyes. I think she still has that point of view where she was outside the company. You know, she had tried, she had struck out on her own. And I think for most of probably the first season, second season, she was kind of one foot in, one foot out. And she wasn't 100%. She didn't want to commit. You know, that's probably one of the big things with her relationship with Tom, you know, being worried about, you know, being committed, you know, like telling him that uh, she wanted an open relationship on their wedding night. And I don't know. She's, you know, she's close. And when it comes up, like, Oh, do you want it? Do you want it? And she's like, well, I should, but I shouldn't because it could be bad. And then, you know, she goes to meet the lawyer and it didn't matter because she'd already been hired by Kendall, but you know, she's kind of like, you know, I could ruin my reputation and also I want it, you know, you know, it, it makes sense that she wants it and she is the smartest and most capable. Um, but I don't know. I, she's just not having a good time. Why do you think Logan didn't just name her? Why do you think he went through the, why do you think he went through all the list? I mean, it, he's closest to her. He was certainly closest to doing it last season, right? They essentially, had a deal if you believed he was legitimate with it. And I did. Now, obviously it didn't work out and the time frame is much different and there's a lot more factors involved now that are going to complicate things. But to me, that suggests that Logan has got to a point now, and maybe it's just the new season starting over, which is definitely part of it. Uh, but he's starting to realize that he has way more options. And this episode kind of laid out like, okay, here's this vast web of people who work for this company. Um, and here's Logan. Maybe he's not going to have the pick of the litter when it comes to the people who are going to be fighting in his corner, I think with some, with some foreshadowing for future episodes. Well, you know, with, with him and with most of the people, you wonder, you know, what is strategy and, you know, maybe he is a human and he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know which kid. And maybe he has an affection for Shiv as his only daughter that he doesn't want to see her hurt. But it's a lot more likely he's just playing everyone against each other at all times. 
Do you think that I, the, the voicemail, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't a voicemail. It was a straight up call at the end that Roman placed, like he wanted to place to tell Shiv that Jerry had been named. And it was extremely mocking and mean spirited yeah. and awful. And even though like, you're not supposed to care for Shiv or whatever, I just, it's just another reminder that these are all sociopaths, right? Like yes. that type of behavior, like things are not going well. And that leads perfectly to number three on the list. Roman Romulus, as he's called by his father. My favorite part of the show when he says Romulus. The yes. big question I have for you, Stephen, is when Roman made the call to Logan, did you get the sense that he was saying, I don't want this. I'm too nervous. I'm not ready. Do you think he was taking himself out of the running or do you think he was more interested in elevating Jerry because I really thought that he that purpose of that phone call was to tell his dad not to pick him because he didn't want it and he couldn't handle it. It was really weird. I thought that's how that was my interpretation of it. Did you have did you read anything else into it? Uh, no, I I had the straightforward reading of it where it was just one of the Roy kids, you know, self sabotaging. But I mean, that's very interesting, and it's it's that thing where you don't know what whatever they say doesn't mean anything they're they're all just they're all out for themselves ultimately and they kind of have like a little affection you know because they grew up together and they've their family but ultimately you don't know you should probably just assume that you know he was he did whatever he meant to do or just messed it up Oh, so you think that his dad soured on him immediately after that call because it was such bad judgment? Yeah, I I just watched it happen and I'm like, yeah, you know, that kind of that's the kind of thing Romo would do and just over talking and his father ultimately saw it as weakness and he's like, no, he's out. It's see who do you think is more into this relationship? Do you think it's Roman or do you think it's Jerry? Because it seemed like Roman was playing this episode like they were a couple and they could be a power couple. Jerry didn't seem nearly as interested in that. Yeah, it's got, it, it's probably just extracurricular for Jerry. And this is, it's her job. This is her job to, you know, fix the Roy family. And she, the, S hit the fan so you know she went into you know war room mode or whatever the hell it is and she's just like I don't have time for this you know I'm trying to figure this out and that's why Roman or yeah Logan probably thought she should be the uh the one in charge right here yeah I think that what we're gonna see is it seems like Jerry's really cooling on it and now old take is old takes expose me but I mean I feel that like <laughs> it does seem that she was asking about liability about the sped up missile launch did not seem like she was asking that as a, I care about you as a human being thing. It was about kind of gauging her own relationship at that point and her connection to him to see just how toxic it would be for her to get in bed with him politically, as well as I guess, uh, in reality, that was totally well accident. Um, 
but yeah, I, it does. I, I don't know. I, I, it, Roman is, you're, you're exactly right. Roman leaks confidence. All these kids love to shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. And the thing about Roman that's so interesting is he's so cocky and he's so self-assured and he has an acid tongue when he's got the confidence, but the moment he loses it, he really kind of becomes like a, a child. Yeah. He's, he's so good. And I mean, I guess looking back at all the Jerry and Roman stuff, it was, it all happened. Like, I don't, I don't remember any, I mean, there were never any dates. It wasn't, it was just like when Jerry's like at the end of the day, you know, messing around on her phone and in her pajamas drinking wine it's it's not like this is i don't think this is something you know that she's i mean she is a fully grown adult woman who's seen this kid uh grow up i don't think she thinks of him as like a like she's gonna marry him or anything yeah and that's you know that's honestly exactly what i was saying but i guess i was reading it that roman was getting slightly unrealistic expectations or even like realistic parameters of what the relationship is. So that leaves two major players left. I mean, neither of the people left on our list are, are big shockers, but who is number two? Uh, it's gotta be Jerry because she is the new face of Waystar Royco whatever else they call their companies you know it's it's jerry she's she has either by luck or by skill or by hard work or all of the above she has positioned herself to become the successionist (laughs) to logan roy if even if it's just for a day or a week or however long this takes but it's Jerry. I think that last part is why it's such a big deal. Uh, yes, it's interim. Yes, it's temporary, but nobody knows the duration of what's going on. Uh, you not only do not know the duration of what's going to be going on with Logan fighting, there's also the possibility that Logan can't fight or is not going to fight anymore. And that makes it way easier to have a prolonged reign. Now, I do think that like, if it falls out of control, new management is probably not going to keep someone from the old guard on, but it's a pretty freaking sweet position. Maybe not long-term, but for definitely for a few years. And, it, and it'll be curious to see like, if that comes with any added responsibility, there's a chance it doesn't when Logan said that he was going to be stepping back, it wasn't stepping Mm -hmm. away. I have a feeling that his definition of back is, is not very far and not much is going to change, but what are our prospects? You think how much power do you think was actually absorbed by Jerry tonight? Uh, Well, quite a bit. I mean, uh, like the guys like Carl and, you know, everybody, everybody has to treat her like the king now. You know, maybe maybe not like she won't scare people the way that, uh, that Logan does. But she's, you know, she's got she's going to have the crown for a little while. 
So people have to act accordingly. It's going to be super weird um, yes. because her character has always been slightly deferential. It's always been not, it's always not been like combat adverse, but it's, it's certainly largely agreeable for a person we think to be this awful. She's very pleasant. Um, she also doesn't project a ton of like domineering and commanding. And part of that is being in the Roy family. Like if you're halfway normal, you're going to seem like the meekest mouse, but she is a much like softer voice and thoughtful person. I, I guess, what, what, what did you find the most interesting thing about Jerry? Uh, she kind of, well, she just hung back, right? She didn't, she didn't call anybody, you know, she just, she, like I said earlier, she just went about doing her job and she obviously has seen things and she knows things and nothing phases her. I mean, she just gets to work and just collects her paycheck and lets the Roy family horrible things i mean she's we think she's nice and quiet but we know that deep down she is just like everyone else you know she's in it for a lot of money and she's got a little bit of power and now she's got even more it's a great point because yeah she's really smart and probably long ago realized that if she just keep her head above water all those kids are going to be dunking each other and then also self-sabotaging on the regular. So all you have to do is really show up for work uh, and be competent and not be a headache. And you can ascend to this level at Waystar. So, but, but more than that, I mean, she would not be in this position. She would not have been at this company for this long under Logan Roy. If she was, if she was not good, if she was not, ruthless i mean logan doesn't keep those people around unless they're his children so number one is going to be no surprise logan roy man god brian cox is (laughs) such an athletic and just badass actor at that age he's so physical in his performance he yells the loudest like when he yells, it scares me. It is like, I, I, I sit back in my chair and like the hairs on my arms stand up because it's like, he is very, very good at projecting power. And we saw that take a bit of a hit today and tonight because this is kind of the first time he's had to admit defeat this publicly and basically kind of like flee and fleeing does two things. It makes him look weak, but it also lets everybody operate without his knowing, which he hates more than anything, is not being able to play the politics and read the politics of the room. Well, first of all, he always looks and is portrayed as being powerful. Like even just to the viewers, like that opening shot where they're, they're in the helicopters, it's like they're coming into Jurassic Park and he just looks like the most important person in the world 
it's so badass and then he gets there and they're stuck in the uh the airport and they're like oh can we order some food he's like no local foods and just that was just one of the funniest things where he's like if, if i get the shits we're fucked and you can bleep that out but it's just such a funny idea or but he's also on the run and he's like hiding out in Sarajevo or whatever but he's he's just so powerful and such a great character and even he's ready to take a step back for Jerry to but it's going to be one of those Tywin Lannister hand of the king things where he's he's the one running things as long as he can yeah it's to me to me the show is so great because it it has a, an embarrassment of great characters and you can follow along what they're doing and you can essentially forget that it's Logan's show. I, I don't think there's an argument. It's Logan's show. Like I used to think it was Kendall's show, but then it's like, no, this is the guy like without him, like without like that North star, this whole mm-hmm. ecosystem and world doesn't exist. And they are just incredible at every scene. Like they, there's usually some, there's a real softness to him at the beginning of episodes. And then you'll get <laughs> such a poignant, meaningful scene, like three quarters or in the last five, eight minutes, whatever it is with him that just kind of like take your breath away and leave you thinking of him. It's just such an amazing thing. And we, you know, we'll go on every single week at like all the, all the great work that's done on this show, but it's like, he really is at the center of this universe and everything revolves around him, even the plot, all that stuff. Like it all goes back to him and it's really quite an achievement. Yeah. Just the way that everyone has, has to react to him, both, you know, in the show's world and and as an audience member, you know, just the watching people react because he just strikes so much fear. He's, he's just a, a monster and he's he's just so fun and and scary all at once when he asked carl how the numbers were and like they went to the shot that was like the mirror behind so you could only see the reflection of carl's face and he stammered for something before he stammered for like eight seconds before like muttering out some total nonsense meaningless stuff uh was as good as any eight seconds of the show Oh, and I, I think it was Carl where he's where they first started the discussion about the new CEO, and he goes to I think it was Carl, and Carl goes, "I'm looking very good," or something along those lines. Just such a great line, like "I'm looking very good," ridiculous. I when Logan got in the mode and he said, you don't need to eat. You can just swallow your own saliva and adrenaline. It's like, this is the dude who's been through wars, but it's more than that. Like he needs this. This is everything to him. Like, yeah, he wouldn't know what to do without it. Like he lives for this. So like in the moments where he thinks he's, you know, he's at his angriest, he connects best with his kids almost when he's playing the game of schemes and, you know, he loves it. He loves it. There's nothing he loves more than like being in the bunker and have everybody trying to go at his neck and, and finding a way to play his cards 
and, and get out of it. This seems to be, I guess we can kind of close like looking ahead on this. This seems to be one of, if not the biggest pickles he's been in. Um, I'm not so sure if there's an easy fix here. He is going to be down. I think that we both assume for several episodes before he's able to like reassert the same amount of control he had previously. I just don't see any way around that. You had mentioned how the show, you know, with Logan, that the show wouldn't really work if something happened to him. Cause you know, it's really all about people reacting to him. So he's got to, yeah, I mean, protect him at all costs because there's no show otherwise. So he's got to step back and, you know, let Jerry run the show, but he's going to be in charge still and just protect Logan. That's it. So that's week one. That's episode one right there. We're going to be doing this every Sunday night, early Monday morning. Our top seven, the succession power rankings are Kendall at seven, Tom at six, Greg at five, Shiv at four, Roman at three, Jerry at two, and Logan atop the pyramid. On the as we as we close out, Stephen, why don't you give me someone who is in the also receiving votes that with a nice performance next week could find themselves in the top seven? Oh well, I mean, it's definitely gotta be Connor. He apparently is looking after an airfield right now it seems and you know he's trying to figure out if he and willa are going to uh be ironic and get the hipsters to go see your show because it's so bad you know which is really a perfect encapsulation of the roy family where they just turn on anything at, at a moment's notice and poor willa you know she she had her heart and soul out in that uh, play. And now her, her financier, her financial backer and her, her boyfriend are just like, well, this is actually horrible. And we can, we have to admit it now and we have to turn it, turn it into the skid. And I'm, I'm just hoping that they find more for Connor to do. You know, I think we could take this irony idea and do it a step further. Someone should actually make the play that she would have written. Someone with too much time on your hand, free idea. I think people would go and see that and it would be a hit. Yeah, I, I would definitely ironically go and see that. All right, that's been Best of Seven Succession Power Rankings. I'm Kyle Koster, that's Stephen Douglas. Stick around. We'll be doing this every single Sunday throughout the season so you can get your succession fix early Monday morning while you're waiting to see what horrible, horrible things these people get into the next week.